first for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all. Say once for all. Once for all. When he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness. But the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect for us. In about 1992, as a favor from our owner in his semi-retirement years, and he was well into his 60s. I knew Al was unusual from the start. Al saw things through a different window. He looked through a different door. He saw things from a different perspective. And his faith in Christ was exhibited in all that he did, especially his servant heart and his attitude. Rhonda knew my friend Al. He would just step in and do what needed to be done and would say, I'm not just working for the company, I work for Jesus. So we became friends and we had long conversations about the things of God. Of all of the profound and thoughtful things that I heard Al say, one of them stuck. Several stuck, but this one really stuck. Al would say, when you talk to people about their faith, there is one question that you need to ask them, and that is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? So I raise Al's question this morning for our consideration, and as we move into the Easter season, three sermons on, so who is Jesus? So who is Jesus? Is Jesus just another choice in the list of the world religions? I almost balk at the term Christianity because it categorizes being a Christian as just a member of another religious organization. Those of us that have found salvation in Him, those of us who have said yes to His call, those of us who count ourselves among the redeemed know that Jesus is just not a choice in the list of world religions. I submit to you that Jesus is the best. He is superior to all others. Jesus is the best. Amen. As we look at this passage in Hebrews, it will help us if we understand the main emphasis of the letter to the Hebrews by its writer, who most scholars believe was the Apostle Paul. Throughout its pages, Hebrews makes it clear that Jesus Christ exceeds all other people, pursuits, objects, or hope to which the human uh, is offered allegiance. Hebrews pictures Jesus as better than the angels as bringing better lives to humanity through salvation, as offering a better hope than the Mosaic law could promise. Hebrews portrays Jesus as a better sacrifice for our sins than a bull or a goat, and providing a better inheritance in heaven for those who place their trust in him. Various passages in Hebrews. 
Jesus is indeed superior to all others. In other words, Jesus is the best. This is a virtually and vitally important message to put forward to the Jewish world. Paul is known as the preacher and evangelist to the Gentiles, but he always retained a love in his heart for his people, the Jews. In the earlier verses of Hebrews 7, we find an Old Testament character named Melchizedek. Melchizedek is introduced to us in Genesis 14, and Paul goes on to talk about him in various passages in Hebrews. From the Genesis 14 passage, starting in 18, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God the Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave Melchizedek, listen, Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything, of all the spoils. The extraordinary status of this mysterious priest, Melchizedek, is also emphasized by King David in Psalm 110, verse 4. It is it is a prophecy of the ultimate superior king to come named Jesus. But in 110 and 4, the psalmist says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The most remarkable description of this king and priest Melchizedek is found here in our Hebrews 7, earlier in the chapter that we read. Beginning in verse 2 of Hebrews 7. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Hello. There's a personal description we haven't seen before. Think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of what he had. How great was the priest that the patriarch Abraham gave him a tithe? Biblical scholars have long argued about this mysterious Old Testament character. And this Hebrews description of him some believe he was Christ incarnate in the Old Testament. Some believe that Melchizedek was an angel sent to be a type or a symbol of Jesus Christ during the time of Abraham. None other but Christ himself is described as a king and priest. None other except Melchizedek and Jesus are described as a king and a priest. Think about that for a moment. A king, a ruler, a head of government, yet also a priest. One who stands between man and God for the benefit of man. Whatever the case, it is clear that Melchizedek is a foreshadowing in the old that points to Christ in the new. Melchizedek 
is a symbol in the old, a picture in the old that points to the fulfillment in the new in who? I think one of the most powerful things that we can see in the Scripture is Jesus in the Old Testament. Hundreds of years before he came, we see picture after picture after picture after picture of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament. And this picture of this mysterious person, Melchizedek, is a representation thereof. Paul continues his persuasive argument in verse 11. Paul in this text, friends, is, repair, is, is comparing the old covenant with the new covenant in Christ. Paul is drawing for us a comparison here. Listen, verse 11. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? Okay, Old Testament students. God put in place a priesthood. He put it in place in Aaron and his sons. And the sacrifices and the rituals that were made under the Aaronic, A-A-R-O-N, priesthood, showed us a picture of Jesus to come. Paul wants us to see Jesus now after the fact of his life. And see, so he goes back, he goes back as a good Bible student would do, and he looks at, so what's the Bible say back here about this one that is to come? About this one that is to come. Verse 13, He of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to the tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of regulation or law as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power, listen, of the power of an indestructible life. Remember our description of him? Without father or mother. Without genealogy. Without birth or death. Who does that look like? Who does, for it is declared you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weakened and useless. The former regulation, are you picturing that with me? The slaying of bulls and goats, the bringing of, of various sacrifices, the sprinkling of blood over the mercy seat. The former regulations are set aside for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope. Somebody say better hope. A better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Wow. You know, 
Paul is described in a lot of ways by biblical scholars and the biblical text. Paul's described as a pastor. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Paul's described as a student. He was a student of the scriptures as a young man. Paul's described as a lawyer. <laughs> Paul is an expert at making the case. Somebody say making the case. He is an expert at making the case. That's what our Paul is doing here. Friends, there is a better hope. There is the best hope. That hope is in the ultimate, eternal king and priest, Jesus, the Messiah. The former has been set aside, and all things have been made new. As beautiful as the symbols are, the true reality of the king, priest, Jesus, is so much more beautiful. Jesus himself said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to, remember, fulfill them. But to fulfill them. The fulfillment of the law and the prophets is Jesus, who made the complete and ultimate sacrifice that sin and death would be conquered. Jesus is the best. The Lord Jesus Christ is in a class all by himself. There are no competitors, no rivals. He is unique. Amen. He is Lord of all. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the image of the invisible God, the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the preeminent one. Amen. Our text in Hebrews 7, starting in verse 23, emphasizes the everlasting, eternal nature of the superior priest who is Jesus. Now, there have been many of those priests since death presented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever. Somebody say, Jesus lives forever. Jesus lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. The priesthood of the Lord Jesus is an eternal priesthood. One that will not pass away. Jesus is the best. Have I said that? Yes, I have. We need him to be here for us, and he is. The Bible teaches us that he sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us forever. Friend, he is there for you, functioning in the position of eternal priest. Say, eternal priest. If you don't hear anything I say this morning, think of Jesus as your eternal priest, and he always will be forever. Amen. Look at verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely. He is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. What a magnificent hope we have in our Messiah, our King, our Priest Jesus. I love the word therefore here. The word therefore speaks to the truths that have already been expressed by Paul in this passage. He is able to save completely. Jesus is the best. Complete salvation is salvation that doesn't look back. 
It doesn't look over its shoulder. It doesn't lack in confidence. It doesn't leave us short in transformation. Jesus is the best. He was, is, and always will be there for us. Your salvation is a great and wonderful and awesome salvation. And you don't have to look back to see if those old things are going to haunt your salvation the same way that Jesus doesn't have to look back and see if all those laws have to be fulfilled because he is the permanent eternal priest sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hello. Verse 26. Such a high priest truly meets our need. Ponder that for a moment. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart for sinners, exalted above the heavens. Who is this great and eternal high priest Jesus? How can he be described? This verse describes him. He is holy. He is blameless. He is pure. He is set apart from sinners. He is exalted above the heavens. There's five sermons right there, kids. Want to stay a while today? The very beginning verses of the book of Hebrews are focused on who Jesus is. Have you, do you remember that passage? Such a wonderful passage. Folks, remember my question from my buddy Al, who is Jesus? Anybody ever ask you that? Just go to Hebrews 1. Look at this, beginning in verse 3. We're going to go back and we're going to read this passage in Hebrews 1. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. This one gives me shivers every time, you guys. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Who is Jesus, friend? So he became as much superior, superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. When you ask who is Jesus, these verses give a pretty great description. Friend, when you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. Jesus is the best. Look at verse 27 in our text. Back to 7 and 27. I hear Bible students leaf, leaf in their pages. I hear other people tapping their cell phones. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to, un, to offer sacrifices day by day, day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed, he sacrificed for those sins once for all when he offered himself. I'm going to read that again. You've got to get this. You've got to get this. Bible students, you've got to get this. Unlike the other high priests, Aaron, his sons, all the others, he does not need to offer sacrifices day by day. Remember? First thing in the morning at daybreak, the priest on duty that day 
came to the gate of the tabernacle, he purified himself. He cleansed himself at the labor. He, he made a sacrifice at the, at, the, at the brazen altar, the altar of fire. He entered through the door and, and walked into the tent. And he, and he, and he trimmed the, the lamps of the beautiful olive oil lampstand. Mm. And, he, and he walked over to this side and he, and he ate a piece of the showbread. And then he moved forward to a beautiful golden altar of incense. And he burned incense as a sweet savor unto the Lord every day. Beautiful, beautiful symbols of Christ. One of these days, guys, we're going to deep dive into the symbolism of the tabernacle. But I want you to think of what those priests had to do day after day. Say day after day. Day after day. Day after day, they met the worshiper at the gate to the, to the temple or the tabernacle. And they slit the throat of the, uh, of the animal that was brought and they collected the blood. And then they had a barbecue on the altar, amen? Yes, every, every day. They had to do it day after day after day after day to fulfill what God had proclaimed and what God had ordered. Day after day. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to. Three words in this passage sum it up. Once for all. Once for all. It is finished. The job has been done. The debt has been paid. We are redeemed by the work of the eternal, righteous, perfect Messiah. The Apostle Paul made it a priority in his writings that the preeminence of Christ would be a primary theme in what he taught during his life. Please allow me to take us to another of Paul's letters, the letter to the Romans in chapter 5. In these verses, there is a phrase which is used several times in Paul's writing. That phrase is, how much more? Say that, how much more? He uses this phrase to again emphasize the superiority of Christ, the great high priest. Listen to Romans 5, 9. Since we now have been justified by his blood, whose blood? The blood of Jesus. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more then shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Hallelujah. We have total and complete salvation through Christ, Jesus is the best. Romans 5.10, look at this. For if while we were yet God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his ongoing and eternal life? Oh my goodness, Paul's a lawyer, friends. Paul's a lawyer, Paul's making the case. He's making the case. How much more then? We are reconciled to God or made peace through the death of God's Son. Jesus is the best. Romans 5.15 But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, are you with me, Bible students? Many died by the trespass of who? One man, Adam. 
If many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many? Isn't Jesus good? A little later in the verse, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Paul's making the case. Sin and death came to mankind through one man, Adam. Righteousness and life, compare that for a second. Sin and death, righteousness and life. Sin and death came by one man. <laughs> Righteousness and life came by one man. God's very only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the best. Righteousness and life became available to all men. Say all men. All men through one man. Sin and death plagued all men because of one man. Righteousness and life can save any man through one man, the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus is the best. Has Paul made the case? In modern sales and marketing, a concept has been developed called good, better, best. Good, better, best. Good, better, best is a tiered marketing system that gives the consumer various levels of choice. In 2005, one of the car insurance companies launched what they called Your Choice Insurance. It offered to their customers three levels of insurance coverage instead of just their standard policy. They offered a value plan. Price below the standard plan, and it gave the very basics of insurance coverage at the lowest price, the good. Then there was the gold plan. The gold plan offered part perks such as accident forgiveness and shrinking deductibles, but at a higher premium. That's the gold plan. And then, <laughs> then there's the platinum plan. There's the platinum plan. Platinum was the ultimate package with even more features and more perks at what? An even higher, an even higher price. The program was and continues to be highly successful. With many consumers choosing the higher price packages instead of the standard insurance program, that the company had previously uh, uh, offered. This kind of good, better, best marketing has found its way to consumers through many different products and businesses, amen? Including our foods, basic, standard, organic, right? Our cell phone and cable packages. You can even upgrade your fast food meal and supersize it. Jesus is at the level of best. 
And you didn't pay the price, he did. The ultimate price. The, the, the price, the, his life in payment for our sin and our imperfection. The ultimate price, Jesus is the best. Jesus, is, Jesus' name is greater than all other names. Jesus, the perfect man, the one and only sacrifice for sin. He is highly exalted. God has given him the name that is above every name, Philippians 2.9. The other names of history, Buddha, Muhammad, Gandhi, Confucius, Krishna, Joseph Smith, Sun Young Moon, among them, they pale in insignificance to the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. It is the name of Jesus that we preach to the ends of the earth because it is only in his name that salvation is found. Acts 4.12 Jesus is the best. He is the best plan for your salvation. He is the best source for your peace. He is the best listener to your prayers. He is the best guide for your life plan. He is the best giver of gifts and blessings. Have you chosen him? Have you chosen him as your salvation? Have you chosen him as your source of peace? He is the best. Have you chosen him as the one you lift your prayers to? Have you chosen him as your guide through this life? You see, friend, Jesus is the best. For several years now, the Church of God Reformation Movement adopted the theme and mission, Jesus is the subject. Say that, Jesus is the subject. I am encouraged in what our tribe says about that, the Church of God. Here's a quote from a page of the Church of God website. Jesus is the subject. So who is Jesus? Somebody asked that question earlier today? Yeah. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the very product of God's love. He is the Son of God and the second person in the Trinity. Born of a virgin, he is fully human and fully God. More than 2,000 years ago, he walked the earth and radically changed the culture around him. As the perfect sacrifice, he willingly endured a shameful death on a cross, taking upon himself the punishment that we deserved for our sins. Three days following his death, he was raised to life again, neutralizing the power of sin and death over our lives. Those who accept Jesus Christ as Savior are no longer bound by the power of sin and have an eternity waiting for them in heaven. As our Lord, he calls us to personal and cultural transformation. I said, as our Lord, he calls us, and I might say empowers us, to personal and cultural transformation. Taking on the likeness of Christ, we seek to change the world through the love of God and offer the hope of Christ to all. Jesus 
is the subject. I haven't asked you since I've been preaching here. Have you said yes to Jesus? If somebody were to ask you, who is Jesus? Could you describe him? Could you describe him theologically? Like Paul did, made the case. Could you describe him emotionally? What he means to you? Could you describe him experientially? What he has done in your life? Have you said yes to Jesus, my friend? You see, he's the best. He's the best choice. He's the best choice. I want to close our time together and this message with a song. And uh, it's a powerful song. And I want you to give thought to who is Jesus while we watch and listen. Things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. For all that you've done, 
our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our love, our adoration. 